0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Thursday, always good to check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Hey, Greg, welcome back to 2020. Oh, Good to be back Neil. Uh, Greg, you weren't so well last week. We're glad you're back on deck.
1: Well, I've got a bit of a cough again, but uh, please excuse that, but I'm, I'm all raring to go.
0: Mm. Uh, we'll be ready for anything. Hey, let's talk about what I think is one of the most disturbing issues that we're confronted with right now. And you might even say Christians under attack, some developments where, and particularly stories that are coming out of South Australia, but the Liberal Party and and in Victoria, we've heard of issues around the National Party, either blocking or expelling or discriminating against Christians. You've been monitoring this along. What's been happening?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Neil. Um, In my travels um, a couple of weeks ago, I was down in Canberra, and as you know, I travel quite often to other um, state parliament uh, uh, ministers, and I try and sort of gauge the mood of what's happening out there. And I came across this story that uh, there are a certain number of people that are being um, either excluded or targeted or, 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 or highlighted in terms of their uh, application to become members but uh, of a particular party, such as the Nats or the Libs. Now, what's been happening, Neil, is that there are a number of people that have contacted me, in particular one person who wants to stand as a candidate, and he's very concerned that the, uh, uh, the major political parties like the Libs or the Nats are actually undermining his Christian uh, faith by trying to exclude his application for membership. Now, I've got to get more details on this, but it generally what's been happening is that uh, in South Australia, for example... A uh, number of Christians are saying, hey, our membership is being rejected. Now, I contacted the state director of the Liberal Party in South Australia and have been given a response, which I'm not 100% happy with, but essentially what's happened is there are about 150 memberships that have been rejected, Neil, and around about 400 that have been asked to show cause why their particular stance on life issues or policies don't conform to the Liberal Party constitution. So there's a real issue down there Neil and this is I think a a subversive way in some some cases of trying to exclude people of faith to stand for parliament. Now this is a real concern for every Australian Neil.
0: Well I think you're sounding a little too nice about this Greg. I mean Mm -hmm. what we're talking about here is not just one or two who might have been rejected, and uh, we might appreciate that there are some people with some pretty wild ideas, uh, even in the Christian community, that might be rejected from becoming part of, uh, you know, membership of a mainstream political party. But what we're talking about here, and as you've described it, more than 500 Christians, Mm. a ban on Christians from joining the conservative Political parties, I mean, we ought to be very, very disturbed uh, and I'm not sure whether you'd be angry about that, but you might be asking the questions why and I'm thrilled that you've been in touch with the parties directly and and so you're not so thrilled with their response. They're basically saying, yeah. well, hey, we're the leaders here, uh, butt out. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, pretty much. You see, I, I, I've got to make it clear that they a- actually haven't rejected or expelled
1: anybody in the true sense of the word, but what they've done is they've rejected applications for membership, Neil. And those that have applied, up to around 400, have been asked, well, hang on, before we accept your application, can you show us that you will uphold the constitution of the Liberal Party of South Australia and so on? Now, the real issue here, Neil, is that that's a a, a sort of a behind-the-back-door way of saying, well, we're not going to accept your membership because you can't show that you'll support maybe same-sex marriage or euthanasia or abortion or whatever it may be. So that's a real awful way of saying to somebody, we can't join the party. So that's what's happening, really, in my opinion. And and one of the problems we've got is now that every political party at the moment is going through the pre-selection process for candidates because I think we'll have an early election personally, but that's just my, my feeling uh, from what I'm reading, uh, the mood of the electorate. So what we've got to do, Neil, is we've got to make sure that Christians do stand for Parliament because you and I well know, if you look at Victoria, Queensland, New South Wales, WA, ACT, uh, legislation has been passed on abortion, euthanasia. Now, if Christians were in Parliament, Neil, a lot of these bills wouldn't even see the light of day.
0: I think what we are seeing here, Greg, and I'll get your thoughts because listeners will know that after the last federal election... Uh, when the uh, Liberal Party under Scott Morrison was uh, elected uh, to uh, to be our government, uh, the Australian Conservatives, uh, with the stroke of a pen, was shut down. And the Australian Conservatives did, in fact, reflect, because there was a whole bunch of Christian parties that affiliated and joined and gave strength to the Australian mm. Conservatives. So mm. when it was closed down... It's as though now the mainstream conservative parties are thumbing their noses at the issues that Christians are seeing as vitally important. In other words, those sorts of views on life and those sorts of things. So without the Australian conservatives there in place, uh, there's there's something wrong, isn't there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Look, the Australian conservative party that stood for the uh, elections, uh, federal last time, it was a disaster. It was poorly handled. I thought it, it, its management in terms of policy was poorly handled, and we have now come to see that ha- come to see that haunt us because what's happening
0: now is. Uh, Greg, are you still with us? Sorry, Greg, party. you were just blocking. You were just uh, you were just cutting yep. out there. We've got oh, you back no, though. No, I was
1: just saying that we now have a lot of parties, uh, micro parties like the Australia One Party. The family party, the shooters and fishers party, the one nation, and even the Australian Federation. Greg, you know, what?
0: just give your phone a bit of a shake here for a moment. That's doing oh. really funny things, even to your voice. So, <laughs> oh. oh
1: dear, I don't want to sound bad. I'm mean, going a bit of a cold, and I sound like James Bond. But I mean, I've just got to be careful. It sounded that like
0: don't. you went into fast forward there. This is actually a, this is a live call. You're live, and uh, anyway, good. So, come back yeah, to that because this is an important point you're making yeah. here.
1: I am that there's a lot of splinter parties at the moment and there's so many of them that what's happening, Neil, is that the Liberal Party and even Labor and, of course, the nuts, what they're doing is by rejecting the Christian vote, what's happening is that they are diverting traditional conservative Christian supporters to these splinter parties. And in particular, you know that One Nation here in New South Wales, for example. Mark Latham has, has been given so much support from those Christians that would normally vote for CDP, Christian Democratic Party, or some other party. So there's a real issue here that the Liberal Party, the traditional Conservative Party, are going to divert divert votes away from their own campaigns towards these splinter parties, which is a real danger in some ways. <laughs>
0: It's not the last we'll be talking about this issue uh, on 2020 and I'll be following this through because uh, it seems to be uh, quite uh, you know, disturbing when you've got Conservative parties turning away Conservative uh, potential mm. members and uh, then the likelihood of uh, even the big constituency is what I consider uh, the Christian constituency in Australia to even be saying, well, even the Conservative parties have moved so far left Where are we going to put our vote? I mean, that's that's a concern, isn't it? Absolutely,
1: and this is what's happening. You see, in traditional politics, and you know, and I've been at at, 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 in in the thick of it. What happens is that parties, when you've got two parties—one's extreme right or extreme left—if an extreme left-wing party moves right, it forces the right-wing further right, and and vice versa. So, there's a real issue here, and I'm afraid that the upcoming election, Neil, you're going to see a lot of these splinter parties gaining more votes because they're alienating their traditional voter base now. Uh,
0: listeners to this program for a long time will know that I've been encouraging people to join a political party, and mm-hmm. uh, not, e- not even putting a label on that, but uh, knowing that when you are a member of the party, then you have a say in how policies may develop, and you have a say in pre-selection processes. So now you have parties who are blocking Christians, and that does seem to be more specifically discriminatory, and that might be the big challenge here. And uh, whether it's, you know, there's time now that we're seeing this, Christians being blocked, I mean, as you say, there's likely to be an early election, and those sorts of pre-selection processes are on now. So if you were a member of the party, you'd have a say in that, but if you're not a member, you don't. So, you know, you put yourself back years, don't you, by by delaying the idea of joining a party. So now is a time to join, isn't it? Absolutely, if
1: you can, if you can, <laughs> and you're not, and you're not sort of alienated because of your beliefs as a conservative or Christian now.
0: And it's not just uh, this idea of rejection, but I've heard too from Queenslanders that there's a probationary period. So uh, yes, you'll be able to join a party. It's I'm talking about the Liberal Party here. Yes, you could join the LNP. You could join, but. Uh, you can't vote in anything important for for at least 12 months. So uh, that sort of thing apparently came in uh, even last year. But uh, challenging times here. I mean, the idea of uh, putting your vote with Christian parties is going to be the thing that you can do when it comes to the idea of uh, having a preferential voting system, uh, that doesn't disadvantage where your vote will go if you are able to number those squares, Greg. Uh, yep. but, but the idea of being involved in the process, getting involved with the machine, that's got to be even more important than how you cast your vote on election day, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Look, I spoke to one of your Queensland... Uh federal parliamentarians, Neil, and uh, what's happening there at the moment with the Libs is absolutely disgusting, quite frankly. Uh, I mean, to have a probationary period is unheard of. I mean, we're not going for a job here. We're not going for, a, you know, a, an employment. This is, this is about policy, freedom of speech, about expressing your views, about changing um, a, a worldview that it's, that's going against Christianity. So to do this is really a, an attack on people of conservative or faith views now.
0: And, you know, you might appreciate that people who are at the top in political parties are trying to protect the way they're forming policy. But if those policies... Are less than Christian. Uh, then, as Christians, we need to be asking questions and maybe pressing in a little deeper and being a mm-hmm. part of the process. Hey, uh, just tackle yeah. one more issue uh, with you, Greg. And uh, yeah. I- I'm I'm just aware of the the new Sydney Anglican Archbishop. Uh, he's announced some priorities. Uh, you've been following this along. Uh, what's happening with the new Sydney Anglican Archbishop?
1: Yes, yeah, so look, I want to raise this Neil, because it's very important. Uh, Kanishka um, Rafael, of course, is our new Sydney Anglican Archbishop here in uh, New South Wales. He's, he's um, uh, highly regarded. Uh, I remember when he was standing a few weeks ago to um, to be elected. He was up against some very notable candidates. For example, Michael Stad, of course, who who headed up the relig- religious freedom uh, campaign here in New South Wales. So he was up so he was up against some very good candidates, but one of the things he's done is in two weeks into the job is he's outlined three of his priorities for the future of the church. Now, this is so important, Earl, in particular, I want to go through just very quickly. His top priority is to see churches that love the Lord and trust him and obey him and are joyful in knowledge and service of him. Now, that's a tremendous biblical um, a priority to be bringing forward to the churches in the current climate of wokeism, cancel culture, and what have you. His second priority, Neil, this is, this is quite quite interesting too, is to encourage the Anglican community, that is, people outside the clergy, for example, and other Christians to be prayerfully concerned for their neighbours and friends who don't know Jesus. So this is a real Great Commission type objective. Get out there and let neighbour know of your faith that you are a Christian, and let them know that they too can be uh, become followers of Jesus Christ. So as, that's a very good good second priority, Neil.
0: As you say, uh, I can hear as you're reflecting that this idea of love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul mm-hmm. and mind, love your neighbour as yourself. There's something reflected in those big commands, uh, in uh, those top priorities. Uh, there's a third priority yeah, too. What's yeah, the one?
1: third one is very important, and this is one I really like, Neil, because it highlights what a lot of Christians have been saying uh, that the church is not doing. And what he's saying, his third priority is, is, is to be an advocate of Jesus on the wider scale. In other words, what he's saying is, I think the position of Archbishop gives me, that is, uh, is, Kniška, an opportunity to speak into the public square. In other words, what it's saying is it's time that church leaders started to speak up about issues of concern to all Christians, mum and dads, youth or whatever, in the public square. And there's been a real real, real reluctance now for Christian leaders to get out there and speak in the public arena, and I am so pleased with Kaniska Raphael's approach to this because into the public square, I'm going to be right behind him now. Uh,
0: wonderful, and uh, we might see if we can make contact and uh, and see if yeah. he will talk to listeners on Vision here. Uh, he's got an interesting background, yeah. and uh, I wonder whether you know too much there. Uh, but uh, but Kanishka Rafael, uh, it's an unusual name. Some people uh, hearing that name for the very first time, you know something about his background.
1: Look, I, I do. Look, he he, he's, he he was raised actually as a as a, as a Buddhist and. Um, and interestingly, when he was at university, he was given a copy of of, of two Gospels, and one of which was John. And I recall um, uh, reading that uh, when he read John, he was so moved by it, that saying, hey, I want to be part of this. I want to be, make sure that I can, I, I can, I can too engage um, with Jesus Christ. So he became a Christian, uh, you know, and, and, and with the Asian background, I think what he's bringing to this To this ministry is the fact that you know the the anglicans have been very traditional in the past and that they they do wonderful work and i think kenishka's appointment highlights the fact that you know we are out there we love our brothers and sisters doesn't matter what color they are or, or, or 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 what sort of age they are or whatever it might be and and i think this is a real way forward for all of us but but more importantly he's out there and he's going to engage in the public arena And I think that's just wonderful from a Christian perspective
0: now. Fabulous stuff. And Greg, thanks so much for your attention to those details for our update today. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. The Family Voice website, familyvoice.org.au. And just quickly before I let you go, Greg, uh, major campaigns you're working with this week?
1: Absolutely. We've, I've, I've, I've just uh, made a press release, uh, very important on behalf of Family Voice. We've got George Christensen has just tabled on Tuesday now his Born Alive Bill uh, into the into the party room uh, so that the party room is now aware of it. And it's going to be tabled next Monday, hopefully in Parliament. Uh, so we are looking at the Born Alive Bill. We're 100% behind, 100% behind George. I spoke to him Very closely on this matter, we're going to assist him with this campaign to make sure that every Australian supports his private members' bill, which will be introduced on Monday, Neil. Uh, Well,
0: find some more details about the campaigns of Family Voice Australia at familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bonda, thanks so much for the update today on 2020.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Neil.